Namaste. We are here with Gautam ji for our next podcast and we are continuing the series Traits of the Ego. Gautam, thank you so much for your time as always. My pleasure, Nick. And uh, Gautam, the response to the first episode was rather nice and very sincere. People asked some very meaningful questions, so I felt it would be nice if we can continue this series and cover all the aspects and traits of the ego and the mind so it can help devotees become very aware like if they have a sort of framework to know what to look for it can help them in their journey sure because uh, this is the journey of unraveling the ego and all its uh, projections defense mechanisms how it tries to control others dominate and so on and so forth so i'm very happy that uh, the audience has responded well to the traits of the ego uh, podcast because it shows that there is a sincere effort being made to understand oneself and what life is about So Gautam in today's episode I felt we can theme it on the difference between a reaction and a response. Mm-hmm. Every human I feel will come under situations where I mean pretty much all day every day where you are challenged. I mean the way life is uh situations people places things can be challenging. Right. So I felt if we can talk about the various aspects and maybe you can give some tips and some questions maybe they can ask themselves that can help them uh, differentiate and uh, we just cover all the aspects of this. Yes, Nick and this is a very important uh, point you have raised because uh, most of us are reactive in nature especially when our buttons get pressed we just react like we have been doing in the past you see so irritation would arise let's say anger may arise and we keep repeating this pattern of a specific reaction on and on and on and what spiritual inquiry is about what sincerely following a master's teaching is about is looking at these patterns looking at our past behavior why we do the things we do why we say the things we say and uh, so this actually is really beautiful because any moment that we face brings forth either a reaction or a response you see now let's go a bit deeper into it all our reactions are based on our past conditioning who we think we are how life has shaped us you see so supposing someone irritates us that irritation is a reaction and that reaction is appearing within us it really has nothing to do with the other person you see we think that someone says something and i get irritated but the fact is that person is just a trigger this irritation is deep within oneself you know and it is waiting to come out so in effect we should be thankful for someone who irritates us because they are giving us an opportunity for us to look at this reaction within us you see So let's say that a reaction happens in unawareness. It's like a knee-jerk reaction. 
something happens and I react, something else happens and I react and my life goes on and on in this mode of reactivity. So it is a life lived in unawareness. Hmm. Now a response has a different quality and a different energy to it. You see that is the uh, an important distinction between a reaction and a response. A response is not knee-jerk. It is not based on this accumulation of past conditioning and who I think I am and what the world has done to me. That is why we find that a sage will respond. The ordinary person reacts. You see, the sage is open to what the next moment brings, which includes what someone may tell the sage. Okay, but the sage's response is not based on a doership, someone is doing this to me. He is viewing the person as an expression of consciousness and maybe the person says something which the sage may not like. But the sage is not carrying this baggage we are, this load of conditioning, hardwired conditioning. The sage accepts that whatever the person says, they are entitled to say, it is their right. Whether or not we take delivery of it is up to us. Yes. You see? So in that sense, you can already see the difference between a sage, a sage's response and an ordinary person's reaction. So it is just this acceptance. If we go back to the teachings, Supposing we look at one line where Baba says, see the divine, see God in all. As simple as that. If we just live that sentence, what happens? We accept that the person in front of us is equally an expression of God, just as I am. So that fight is not already taking place, you see. We've not set ourselves up in opposition to the other and so we react. That is gone. I accept that the other person's view is based on their conditioning, their nature, just like mine. If this acceptance is total, if Baba's words are truly imbibed, I will respond to the situation because there will be no animosity, there will be no negativity in the energy, there will be no targeting an individual with my guns, you know, saying that I'll get back to you. You see, all that drops away. And so this whole action-reaction loop which the ordinary person gets stuck in, you know, you can see couples arguing or two people arguing. It's like a tennis match. It just goes on and on and on and on. And that is what perpetuates the ego. I am right. And the other person says, I am right. You are wrong. And this keeps going on. I am right. I am right. I am right. I am right. Nobody is right and nobody is wrong. When we live this, our life becomes more an expression of a response to life. A response to what the next moment may bring, pleasure or pain. A response to whether someone comes in front of us who we may or may not like. Yet we find there is equanimity, there is an understanding and therefore the flavor of our response or even our reaction 
undergoes a tremendous change in our approach to life. So, Gautam, can we take an example here? Mm-hmm. Say, if someone works in an office and uh, they are not given their due respect if they have, say, completed a task which was uh, rather big, someone else takes the credit. Mm. Now, if they have a reaction arise unconsciously, one thing that comes to mind is to begin to watch the reaction. See, it will have an emotional uh, response, mm-hmm. it will have a physical response, and you will have a thought or mental response, which then pours out and what we will label as a reaction. Right. If a devotee is sincere, and they do this as a practice, and they start watching it, so you almost nip it in the bud, so to speak, mm-hmm. that awareness would help. Yes, it will certainly help. There's no question of it. And that is what I refer to as witnessing. So even if, let's say, I felt I did a great job and I'm not acknowledged and I feel uh, a sense of maybe resentment or I feel unappreciated, even that feeling is witnessed. It is not judged that I should not be feeling this, you see, because that is the ego coming in through the back door. Correct. So, whatever arises in the moment, supposing it is this feeling of being unappreciated, even that is witnessed. You see, what witnessing does is it creates a gap between what I am feeling and who I truly am. Witnessing creates this separation where I am able to watch what goes on within me. Now, what happens? It is witnessed that I am feeling unappreciated. This does not mean I bury it under the carpet. There are two things I could possibly do. One is I can accept that, okay, I am unappreciated and I feel so. And that is how it is. The other is I may feel that since I witnessed this feeling of not being appreciated, I'd like to talk to my senior. I'd like to explain to him or her that, look, This is how the situation is and this is how I view it, you see, and put one's cards on the table, so to speak. The difference is that in both cases, it is a response. Yes. It is not a situation where I storm into my senior's cabin and say, how dare you not appreciate me? Who do you think you are? I have done so much work and this is happening to me. I don't deserve this. You see, that is the dialogue of a reactive mind based on doership. That is what I mean when I say the quality of our life starts changing. You see, because there is an acceptance of one's nature and there is an acceptance that even if I am moved to raise this point, the way it is done is in a more compassionate, equanimous way where I put my point across. Because perhaps there is a misunderstanding, perhaps, uh, you know, the senior has not realized my crucial role in this and my colleague has taken the spotlight away or whatever it be. The way I approach it changes. My attitude to what has happened, where I feel unappreciated, that attitude has got transformed thanks to the teaching. So I start living my life with a change in attitude, 
you see we all will face situations so like you mentioned feeling unappreciated it is not that that situation will stop but how i deal with it what is my attitude to it based on how deeply i have imbibed the teachings you see because teachings are meant to be lived they are not meant to be read in the book let's say the sai satcharita and kept by the bedside and then there's no application in daily living so coming back to this i am so happy to you know to uh, see that traits of the ego there are such beautiful comments which shows that people are wanting to explore this troublemaker this ego which takes away one's peace of mind you see yes that is how beautiful this teaching is you know just coming back to the satcharit see when baba said if someone asks you for money and you don't want to give say no don't bark like a dog right yes even there that is an example of reaction and response he's teaching us that absolutely their money is used as an example so if for example between an husband and a wife say one person has a tendency to provoke and one has a tendency to get provoked say the person who is on the receiving end doesn't play along and you know consciously responds then slowly uh, you know as they say tali ek haath se nahi bachta exactly you see and also uh, nick there's a very important point here that like you said you know it takes two people to play a tennis match right so in any situation of conflict if one person is the witnessing presence and is not in this mode of reactivity the tennis match cannot be played correct so it also doesn't take both people in in the situation to have a certain understanding or awakening even one person having it is enough absolutely right that acceptance is there but that does not mean you get walked over every individual has to decide for themselves that till what point am i okay to take this behavior or this tirade etc the individual has to take a decision do i subject myself to what is coming at me from the other person do i subject myself to that indefinitely or i share my point of view and i see if there is a transformation in the equation and if not and if i find it unbearable then i walk away from the situation this depends on one's nature and one's conditioning some people may not feel they are capable of walking away you see especially those who are timid or uh, shy that is their nature but to clarify this teaching does not mean that one becomes a doormat correct it means people are accepted thereafter as krishna says in the gita do precisely that which you think and feel you should do so this is an important point to consider kotham one other aspect of the ego specific even to reaction and response is the consistent thinking unconscious thinking that people go through see i don't think this is very widely discussed in the baba circle but in the normal case of a person that is not a sadhak 
the mind see whether it is what you differentiate as the thinking mind or the working mind but generally if the mind is left alone it is going in circles it is safe to say that for most people gautam yes it is because it is the unaware mind lost in the dream of thinking correct so now coming to this i do feel if devotees also take this as a practice to watch the mind see even before an event happens like before they are in a situation of reaction or response that the likelihood of you being more responsive in life really depends on how much gaps you have in your mind yes and as osho rightly said you know hell is not a place hell means to not be aware because what happens when we are not aware nick is we create hell for ourselves and we create hell for others you see and to not be aware means we are lost in the dream of the dead past or an imaginary future and more importantly we are lost in this dream of condemnation hatred malice jealousy envy blaming people for what we think they have done blaming ourselves and this is what is hell because these thoughts are what perpetuate the mind the thinking mind which keeps going on and on and on and on you know like a ferris wheel going round and round and round and it doesn't stop mm. what witnessing does what we started this conversation with witnessing enables us to get off this ferris wheel of thinking creates a gap that is the beauty of it and so to sum this up like you said you see the reaction one finds is either becoming less and less in one's life and one is more responsive or even if there's a reaction because after all we are products of our conditioning even if there's a reaction it is a momentary reaction it doesn't get yes. perpetuated and extended in the duration of time into a long drawn out argument or you know immediately the understanding which is the greatest gift of the teaching kicks in so let's say that reaction is just a pure biological reaction and it gets cut off thereafter so the load which the reaction was earlier carrying it is no longer carrying so either way even if going forward the sincere seeker who is really working on themselves going forward they will find that either the reactions start turning to responses or even if they are reactions because we are all human the reactions don't carry that mother load of emotions like they used to earlier i felt gotham can we go back to the first example say i go into the shoes of the person in the office and i have not got recognition and say you are the boss hmm. so if i'm in a situation where something like this arises with my nature i would first ask is this necessarily true the first step i mean whatever information like i'm processing mm-hmm. i would first look into that then one step i always put is like delay your communication so your initial reaction to an email or you know some confrontation you can always say i will get back to you in an hour or so yes and then you can inquire that is it true you can just give it some time 
and you know if there is an emotional charge that has come up if someone specially is rude to you or has said something yes uh, it gives you time to sit with the sensations watch it and then the chances of you responding i feel are much higher than straight off you know going and you can as we said you can always be assertive if for example you feel after uh you know looking into it deeply that yes you know something's not resonating with you by all means even you can be assertive without reacting yes in fact you have recommended a wonderful practice because it reminds me of my younger days at work you know when i felt injustice was being done by a client let's say who was questioning a bill or who was rude to my colleagues what i would do is i would immediately write out a mail but i would not send it i would send it the next morning and before sending it i would look at what is written and i was so surprised that i would find words which i would not normally use but now that i had looked at it with a fresh mind not as a reactive mind the next morning it allowed me the time to make changes be more objective be more neutral and then send the mail okay yes now this awareness had kicked in now let's go forward let's say 5 10 years now what happens is if a situation arises because like i said life is situations a client may still be there who will say that you don't deserve to be paid or whatever right now what happens i write a mail and when i say i am referring to anyone now with the understanding i write a mail i don't send it I wait for some time. I reread my mail and I feel nothing needs to be changed now. The way I wrote it the first time, it's fine. At that point, I know that the teaching has settled in deeply because even that first mail was a response and not a reaction. That is how one can see, you know. One can yes. see one's own progress by the words one uses, whether verbally, whether in writing. it is when you look back and you say my god there is a transformation which has happened because i've stopped using certain terminology i've stopped using certain words and then you know that yes the teaching has been sinking in slowly and steadily yeah and even gotham if people are emotive by nature for example if they are more emotional than mental then they could look at slightly different pointers within themselves in terms of their feelings they may not feel that emotionally upset or that anger or just uh, you know someone who would otherwise have felt a great deal of emotion that intensity would reduce yes yes very much very much you see because it's extreme emotions also which take us away from our center yes and the soul journey is the journey to the center Gautam the story you shared is also a very important one because i felt when people have the noise in the head uh, see most of it is repetitive garbage in most cases people's thoughts i mean i think people would be ashamed if there were a loudspeaker and it could play the contents of their mind on the street everyone would get enlightened <laughs> that very day because well the said, very well said, nature yeah. of thought is assumptive yes and repetitive just garbage asking this question how do i know this is true for certain that question itself puts space there and time 
and as baba says sabar like you know because our natural reaction is to react to anything yes without being patient so baba's teaching here the just is so important if we have that sabar that patience and we even question the integrity and the very foundation of that thought or the string of thoughts mm-hmm. we may realize that either that thing doesn't matter or it may not actually be true and then where is the question of even a response or a reaction yes but i feel that has to be a constant practice because when a situation comes up if you are not practicing regularly it may have the power to pull you aside true because you see the new conditioning has to also get established in one's being so that takes time sometimes because it's uh, overlaying the old patterns of conditioning you see talking of that gautam there is one exception to this reaction and response rule aha uh-huh. you know what it is aha uh-huh. it's with humor so when someone cracks a good joke you must react and not respond like a sage there <laughs> <laughs> yeah true yeah really. apart from humor yeah that's a yeah, good apart one apart from humor we must stay in the response containment zone so to speak yeah which actually shows that uh, laughter is a natural yes, process absolutely yeah that's uh, it's actually quite beautiful that you raise that point it's natural it's a natural response yes the reaction of the laughter is a natural response yes <laughs> so we'll leave it at that with some laughter after a very yes, serious yes. talk so thank you gautam for your time as always my pleasure my pleasure and thanks to everyone thanks to your team who is doing such an amazing job and i've seen that you all have now i think you all are at almost 80000 subscribers which is very commendable and uh, it's all the grace of baba yes yes may it really spread far and wide and i'm extremely happy that there's so much interest in this aspect this aspect of baba's teachings you know which is really being looked into with a lot of depth understanding inquiry and it's really uh, i'm sure baba is thrilled to see that <laughs> this is happening he has a great sense of humor <laughs> so i'm sure he liked the last aspect of this yes yes <laughs> i hope for the others as well wonderful gautam okay thank you as always thank you nick bye